Well, good morning. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, my name's Alid. I'm one of the members here at King's part of the leadership team. And it's an absolute privilege to be continuing our series looking at big questions. And uh, some of the questions we've asked so far, we started on why on earth am I here? Uh, which is a big question. It's a good question. Uh, we went from there to looking at kind of what's gone wrong with the world. When we look at the planet, when we look at all that's going on, something doesn't quite feel right. Well, what, what is it? What's happened? And then we looked at why should we really care about Jesus, which is obviously the central pin, the linchpin, if you like, of the Christian faith. Is this man Jesus? Why should we care about him? Why has he got any relevance to us 2,000 years later? And if you've missed any of those sessions, you can find those uh, on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you've got any questions, you can always contact us, and we'd love to spend some time with you and answer those questions for you. Over the next 20 minutes or so, I want to talk to you about something which is so incredible and wonderful and exciting. Yet for many of us, including many Christians, sadly, it has become something which at best is maybe a place or just something we do once a year or a place we visit. And at worst has become maybe in some people's minds just a program, uh, an institution, something, if we're honest, maybe irrelevant, boring or just a little bit weird. And of course, I'm talking about the church, the church. And even if for some of those reasons you've never attended a church, know anyone who does uh, or have any interest in going to one in the future, I'd like to propose that even you this morning should maybe reconsider the importance and the beauty of what church really is, if what I say is going to be true. If what I'm about to say to you is done right, it's actually a really glorious thing. And I think if you were to ask any young child what a church was, or maybe ask them to, I don't know, draw a picture of what, what a church looks like, they would likely draw some kind of building, right? Maybe like this. And uh, it would have a spire, maybe some colourful windows. And I remember growing up, actually, at primary school, we did a school trip to one of these type of traditional old buildings, these churches. And the trip kind of, I guess, uh, you know, it was, it was a good trip. It was a fun trip. There were paintings, there was candles, different items within the building that held different meanings. And we met a man, actually, who dressed in some rather different clothes and that. That, for many of us, was maybe our understanding of what a church was when we grew up. When we said, look, there's a church, what we mean is there's a building. But as we grow up, we then learn that going to church is not actually a building, but it's often an event. It's a particular period of time, often for most people, Sundays, mornings, where people gather to often a building, but the focus is not so much on the building so much as it is this time that you're there. Maybe you've even been invited to come to church this morning online, and you're very welcome but when you look at what the Bible says, we realise that both of those descriptions of what church is are actually wrong. Church is not a place and it's not an event or a service. It's actually the people that are gathered together. It's, it's the community of God. Or in the Bible, it's actually sometimes called the family of God. So for me, I'm, I'm here. It's currently a Thursday afternoon when I'm recording this. And I'm here at the Hastings Centre my, my wife is actually working. My eldest daughter is at school today. Uh, my youngest daughter is at nursery and my son is at his grandma's house. We're, we're, we're all over the place, but we're still family. 
We don't only become family when we're gathered together at home, and it's exactly the same for the church. The church are the people, and Sunday morning or whenever we meet might be something we do as a family, but we're always family whatever time of the week it is. And you know, we find family and community everywhere all around us. And people naturally actually gather together because we were made to live in communities. It's one of the reasons actually lockdown, I think, has been so difficult for us is because we really need other people in our lives. Even for me as an introvert, I know that if I was void of all people, it would be devastating to my mental health. And that's why people gather around, I don't know, a hobby, music and sporting events, pubs, clubs, community centres, through all... All of time, actually, people have gathered in their tens, in their hundreds, and in their thousands. But what makes church different to any other community of people, to any other event that you may go to, is that they're not gathered, actually, around entertainment. They're not gathered around a hobby or interest, but around hope. At the centre of a healthy church is God is Jesus. And more than that, it's actually the presence of God. Believe me, singing songs, hearing, uh, hearing a message is just not enough. You see, Jesus is not just someone you can hear about. He's someone that actually you can hear from and you can talk to. He's not just someone you can read and learn about. He's someone you can experience and get to know. So at the centre of a biblical, healthy church is the very presence of a living God, dwelling uh, with a people who place him at the centre above everything they do. And this idea that we should go to church, I think has actually robbed us of what it means to be a church and have God at the centre. And I'd I'd like to suggest that church uh, universally has done some amazing things over the past 2,000 years. Uh, many, actually, of the amazing breakthroughs in even social justice, education, uh, rights, medicine, law, many have been done through God-fearing Christians who love people, even given their lives, actually, to serving others. But there's no denying that the church has also done some awful things over the years. We can't avoid that. And I've no doubt that even some of you that may be watching may say that you've had even personal experience of where the church may have got things wrong or caused pain in one way or another. Let's not fool ourselves into thinking that we've got a great reputation as Christians. Actually, sometimes we've got the message of Jesus lost in the confusing mixed messages of the church. We look, we look in the Bible and we see how Jesus loved and had uh, compassion. How he healed the hurting and the sick. And then we see on TV channels where televangelists are selling prayers to desperate people. Jesus says we're to love others and consider everyone with equal value. He says, he says love your neighbour as yourself. And then we see at times pictures of maybe kind of more American conservative Christians, although there are other places of the world, waving placards saying, gays go to hell. It's just not on God's heart. 
Jesus calls us to unity as a church. He says that this is how they, the church, sorry, this is how the world will know that you, the church, are my disciples, by the way that we love one another. Yet today, did you know that there are over 30,000 different denominations, groups or titles of Christianity? And each time it's because of disunity. We just can't agree. We ask people, what type of Christian are you? Are you this type of Christian? What type of church do you go to? And the truth is, when I read the Bible, it only describes one type of Christian, one type of church, one that is actively putting Jesus in the centre of everything that they do. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying I don't love the church. I love the church. Jesus loves the church. The church is absolutely amazing. It's glorious. It has the potential and the ingredients, I guess, to place lonely hearts into a family, to give people a true identity, to give people a purpose and freedom and life in him. If only it would keep Jesus at the centre. And so before I I move on and talk about the beauty of a church when done well, I feel it necessary to address the barriers we may have when it's been done badly. And and because the church is a family, we hold corporate responsibility and therefore I want to say I'm so sorry for where the church, universal, has at times moved Jesus out of the centre and followed its own agendas. I'm sorry for the way we have at times taken the simple, holy, relevant, incredible, exciting message of Jesus and made it complicated, irrelevant, and for many of you, even boring. But my plea for you this today, and, and I say this to everyone who either attends a church or maybe tries to avoid them, don't let the mixed messages of the church distract or rob you from the beautiful, hopeful message of Jesus. Because, you know, the church, as I said, is just a people. And we will, as a people, continue at times to just make mistakes, just like you do, and get things wrong, just like you do. We're we're no more better, we're no more noble, no more worthy, no more deserving than anyone else. We've just found Jesus. And are grateful that as we put him more and more in the centre of our lives, we become slowly but surely more and more like him, and we get changed as a community as a result. But the answer actually for the hurts in the church is Jesus. The the answer for those who have never had any contact with the church is Jesus. But in either and every way, the answer is always, always Jesus. And so for the rest of this morning, I just want to uh, share with you just a couple of reasons why I think we should all care about the church. Why actually the church is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And the first one is, what I've just alluded to, is is the presence of God. I'm not talking about presence like you get at Christmas, right? I'm I'm more like the kind of the presence of Luke Skywalker, you know? Only much, much better. So what might that look like, and why would it even matter? Because I'm aware that many many of you that watch you just have absolutely no concept or ideas of what you mean by the presence of God. Well... Why does it matter? I would like to suggest to you that the reason it matters is because it's the reason we're here. It's actually the reason that you've been made, whether you know it or not.
The whole of, um, the whole of this series, actually, uh, if you've joined us, is a journey of how we were made to be a community of people with him in the centre, his presence. But we know through uh, the story of the Bible how we've actually turned away from God and we've gone our own way. We've actually walked away from the presence of God and done life on our own. And actually, the very purpose of Jesus' coming was to remove the barriers that we had put up to his presence and re-establish a community with God at the centre again, his church. And it's always been God's plan, his heart. And we see it all through the Bible. We, we kind of read in the Old Testament, in the older part of the history of God's plan in trying to reunite a people for himself to pour his presence in. We, we read about a guy, Moses. And Moses, when he's with the people of God, he, he talks to God and he says, God, don't send us up away from here if you don't go with us. If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. And he says, why? Because what else makes us distinct than any other people group of the world? It's your presence. And it's interesting, actually, when Jesus is with his disciples, before Jesus leaves his disciples, he says this, he says, don't say anything, don't go anywhere, don't do anything at all until my presence, until my spirit comes to you. You see, God's kingdom, and and therefore actually God's church, is a kingdom of power, not just words. His presence at the centre. Jesus says, you you cannot operate as church. You cannot do the things I've equipped or asked you to do without first being equipped by my presence, by the Spirit. In other words, a Christian and the church simply cannot function, I don't believe, in a New Testament biblical way without an awareness and a dependence on the presence of God. Take God away from King's Church here and what you end up with is just a a nice musical performance maybe, uh, some motivational speakers and a free coffee. Guys, what what are we as a church if God is not at the centre of everything we do? And this is where sadly some churches have gone sadly wrong over the years. They've done church for God and not necessarily with God. And we, we can say that the church is irrelevant or has, hasn't kept up with the times, but more scarier than that, actually, the church just hasn't always kept up with God. Put it this way. How is it possible that the God of the universe who has promised to manifest himself with us, to reveal signs and wonders, to reveal truth, release bondage, pour out peace and joy through his spirit, and it be boring or irrelevant. I actually asked um, some of my non-Christian friends this week to just text me three words that they thought best described uh, church. And this is what a couple of them said. Pensioners was the first one. Um, We have nothing against pensioners. We love you very much. Uh, pensioners, outdated, boring, irrelevant, authoritarian, archaic, and ritualistic. That, that's, that's what some of my friends think about church. I, I mentioned um, about the school trip to the church when I was um, in primary school. And it's funny what you remember, because The one thing I really do remember was the priest lighting a candle as a symbol of the Holy Spirit, as a symbol of God's presence. 
And I'm not in any way making judgments on any church or style of meeting, but it seems that somehow we've got satisfied with having a flame in the corner of a room when the church started with flames on people's heads. I don't, I don't have any problems with a candle. I think actually it serves as a really great reminder. But if it's not based in experience, I'm not sure how much it reflects the church of the Bible. We must, at the centre of the church, see the presence of God having space to be God. And then before I get myself in, um, in too much trouble, I can already hear the emails coming in. I just want to talk a little bit about community, just for a couple of minutes. Because loneliness is a huge issue for the UK. We even have a minister for loneliness. And with the coronavirus, it's just made things considerably worse, actually. It's just highlighted the issues of loneliness in our nation. We know the impact on mental health, actually, is going to be relatively long-lasting. And we know that one of the consequences of walking away from God was that we also walked away from one another. Because it was God's presence which formed the basis of that unity, We were together around one common purpose, which was God's. And the church, therefore, is God's way, actually, of bringing people back together again. At the beginning of uh, the church, there was a real emphasis. You can read it in the Word where how, how we're all equal before God. How the invitation is not dependent on whether you are male or female, whether you're rich or poor, whether you have the right background or done the right things. You see, when the... When a church has Jesus in the centre, community flourishes because it removes comparison and pride. We recognise that all of us are here because of Jesus and no one could be a part of the family of God without him. I know that um, one of the barriers to people going to church often is that they perceive those in church to think of themselves as maybe better than everyone else. Uh, actually, I had one of my friends at, at one point even say that, not, not to me directly, but just about the church. But I'll just say the truth is, true Christianity, when Jesus is put at the centre, is actually a really humbling experience because you realise that you are no different to anyone else. A, a Christian knows that they are completely lost without Jesus. They know that they are no more deserving of his love or his grace than anyone else And do you know what that that does to the church? It propels them to love and accept and welcome everyone, those who are lost, just like they were. The the amazing thing about the church community is that it's full of people who would otherwise have nothing to do with one another had it not been for Jesus. And the Bible describes this community like a body. It says that every part of the church community has a part to play and is valuable in its own way. The truth is, Jesus didn't just die for a bunch of individuals. He died for the church family. The Bible says he died for us as a group of people. We've been adopted by God, brought into this family. But where there is a father, there are also brothers and sisters, the church. But it's different to a club or a football game or a concert because Jesus is at the very centre of what they do. I just want to finish by praying. And the reason I want to pray is because I know that there will be many of you watching that at the end of this, I I hope I've given you a glimpse of actually what the Bible describes the church to look like. 
And although maybe some of your experiences of church haven't been like that, our, our heart, our kings, our passionate kings, is that we want to see the reality. We want to experience what God has on offer in the Bible in our everyday. We, we often see healings. We often see miracles. We often see God doing things. It's not that we've just read about it in the Bible, but we experience the presence of God and we experience the joy of community in a way which we read about in here. And do you know what? Where there are even gaps and, and, and things missing, we pray and we try and seek God because we want more and we want more and we want more. So my heart for you as I've spoken through this morning and as I just draw this to a close is that you will at least reconsider actually the purpose and the benefit and why church is so important when it's done right. When it's done the way that God intended, when Jesus is at the centre. Let me just pray for us. Lord, I want to thank you for your church. And whether we've been in church for many years, or whether actually we've never stepped foot in a church and we've had different ideas on what church is, maybe even for some of us we've been hurt by church experience and that's been the cause of us saying no to Jesus. We want to say, I want to say, God, would you reveal yourself to us? Would you help us to find community? Would you help us to live as Christians that are listening in unity with one another? And Lord, we want to thank you for your church. We want to thank you that your presence is there for us, that that we can experience your love and your joy and your peace. And we say all of those things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.